The subject for the evening talk is not having. As a human being, when I look at myself, and I being all human beings, when I look at myself, I see that my mode of being in this world seems very largely to fall into two categories, two areas which are obviously related and both of them as a human being are important to me. One area is what I, as a human being, have in this world. And the other, obviously related, is what I, as a human being, don't have in this world. And my life, my thoughts, my feelings, my, my speech, my doing, reflects and shows to me again and again how important what I have is to me and how important what I don't have is to me. So my world and my reason for being is to easily falls into extending what I have already, increasing that to some degree or other, and once having increased what I have, to increase it further. And I look at my thoughts and then I see how much more of whatever I would like to have. This can show itself in the field of material things and we all have a materialist mind. <coughs> I'm not saying that in any judgmental or negative or reactionary way, but there are in materials which interest us, which encourage us and stimulate us to go to acquire there's also the whole field of experiences which I don't 
have and I do this, that and the other to secure and have these experiences in all the diversity which takes place. There are those areas of life which I want which are not so much material things or experiences but roles and status and position and I move as a human being towards the securing of that. And then there are inner experiences or religious experiences or spiritual ones which also I see I don't have at the present and I wish to have. And our mind, thought, speech and action moves in these kind of areas. I become aware of this. I want to look at this. I want to question this with all the difficulty that can arise through questioning what I want. And all the disturbance and confusion and conflict and dilemma. I am willing as a human being to put up with this conflict and dilemma in the process of my inquiry of what I am doing on this, in this world. <coughs> and then I look and I say, yes, I see that movement in myself. I see what I move towards. And then I see that there is also the other aspect of myself living <coughs> on the face of our planet. And that is what I have already. And I look around, I see I have a number of material things. I see I have food, I have clothing, I have shelter, I have medicine. <coughs> I feel blessed if I am a sensitive human being to have this. I feel privileged. And I see too, I have much else as well. I have a wide variety of experiences that have occurred to me. I have my friends. I have my husband, my wife, my partner, my children, my home, my freedom, my travel, my whatever. And I look at what I have in life and I see I have so much. And I have my mind and my feelings and my emotions and my body, my life. So when I look at myself and I look at what I have and what I don't have, 
I see, wow, it's through what I have and what I don't have that I know myself. And correspondingly, when my friends look at me as a human being, the way my friends know me is but by what I have and by what I want. They know me by what I have had in the past, in my experience and events and what I have done, etc., what I have accomplished and possessed. And they know me by what I want to do and what I will have. And so all of what is known to me, both in myself and from others, relates to what I have or what I might have. And this is how I am as a human being living on the face of this planet and I take this for granted. I don't ask myself, is that it? Is that all it is all about? Having and not having, is that, is that just it? And just it in such a way that as we move through life I see this have, I see the gap towards not having and then I see this so-called fearful thing which is going to disturb all this called death. Which is basically going to be an interruption. <laughs> or even worse, a final cessation. <laughs> in which I won't be able to have those things or experiences which I don't have now. And it's because of that that I'm frightened to die. Because either I won't get in time what I want or I'll be cut off from what I have. And I can't bear the thought of it. And I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid to die because I have so much to lose. I wonder. I wonder whether this conventional mind, living, looking, and most of all, believing in this, is in a blind spot. So blind, it can't see the truth staring it in the face. And something inside me as a human being, living, breathing, thinking, doing, begins to wonder. It begins to shed just a little doubt about this mode of believing.
and it finds itself <coughs> challenged in a way that it hasn't been challenged before. Because when one's heart begins to look, it says, my goodness me, the face of humanity is living like this, preoccupied with what it has and with what it doesn't have. And to actually stand still and question this <coughs> is to go against the whole current of belief. And you're on your own. No one to give you the answers, no one to tell you what to do. And you can't get the comfort any longer from what you have and what you might have. You've left the shore, you're rowing across the river alone, and you don't know whether there is the other side. And you see the beings running up and down the bank, having and not having, pursuing and chasing, longing for, regretting. So then one stops and just begins as a human being to look again, to look in a very as fresh a way as possible, having no, no real reference point, no fixed place really to turn to. All that one has is that one's heart is in doubt about the condition, mode of thinking, believing and acting. That's all one's got. That sweet intimation about something other. And one sees, when I am in this mode of wanting, pursuing, going after, having more, I live in a world which I'm either moving in and out of either success or failure, or I'm on the way to success or failure. And my whole life, the whole feature of my life is made wretched by living in the success-failure syndrome of being en route towards it. So I begin to lose my appetite for it. I begin to feel myself as a human being, just living day by day and seeing what that feels like. And then I'm looking at basically what I have and the appreciation about what I have. Then I still ask myself, can I really have someone Can I really have something? 
Can anything be really mine? Do I really have anything? I see what I'm supposed to have. Comes in time, stays in time, passes in time. If it doesn't go first, I go. One or the other goes. Sometimes together. So I can't, I have no assurance, no guarantee of being able to keep anything at all. And if, simply, if I can't keep anything or anyone, how can I really say it's mine? How can I go on believing like that? How can I go on restricting myself to being imprisoned by what I have. Because that is an imprisonment, possessions. Not what's present, but the possessive factor. It shrinks, makes our, that makes our world. And it's a small, wretchedly small world that we live in. So I allow with my pain and my discomfort and my concerns and my awareness and my inquiry and all of that to shed its light on what I'm supposed to have. And perhaps going through that, some of that begins to fade away. The idea I have the idea I will get. But then I see. <clears throat> I can't just stop this inquiry. with the obvious. I can't just stop it with what, with regard to what causes me difficulty. I, I have to include everything. I have to include all of myself. All which I refer to as myself. Including my experiences, including my inquiry, my doubt, my awareness, and all that I have, and all that I experience, and all that I know, which I refer to as mine, which can make us feel so secure or insecure. And 
And as I mentioned in the talk yesterday evening, I look at this, my body, and I feel that when the very concept comes up, it's separating, it's divisive. It creates a fragmented world, mine, my, and not my. And my thought and my image and my idea has made this the truth. That this is the way things really are. Mine and not mine. This is rea the true reality. And I forget, it's just conventional agreements. Did you ask to be born with the gender, with the form, with the shape, with the colour, with the uh, appearance that is present in the physical? Did anyone ask? Did you make a selection? Did you choose this? Did you say before existence, I'll have a few years of existence and hang out on the planet? So how can one say, well, now I have this body. This body belongs to mine, to me. <coughs> And then it goes one step further. The whole spectrum of one's whole mental experience. Can you say the pain belongs to you? That you decided to have some pain today? Have some confusion today, have some anxiety today, have some greed today, have some aggression today, have some paranoia. <laughs> and it makes itself manifest in the old pattern. The conventional mind comes in and it makes a claim. I have this terrible feeling inside of me. I have these dreadful thoughts going on. And ownership is, takes place. Isn't it just happening? Isn't it just an event in this vast, extraordinary universe? And perhaps deeper in the being, intuitively, some sense, 
some intimation that perhaps not having is significant. Perhaps the, the intimation of this in one's existence has never occurred. It certainly occurred frequently about, enough about having and not having in terms of not having but wanting to have. Nothing new about that. And the earth and the planet suffers as a result. But not having, not only with regard to what we don't have, but not having with regard to what we suppose to have. Friends, possessions, body, mental life. That it's just occurring. Then can we sense what that perhaps something there is something significant in not having? Being without. And perhaps there can be an intimation there of an expensive element, a freeing element. You know, sometimes, understandably in the conventional life, loss is regarded as sad and tragic and frequently is experienced to be so. But also in loss, it can be an extraordinary blessing in disguise. And some events in our life in which there has been loss and devastating loss uncalled for, unsought for, unanticipated begins to give access to something else which cannot be filled by replacing that loss. Ever. So in this not having, in the sense, the feeling, the, the intimation of that and the potential of what that communicates, must be approached without discrimination.
What I mean by that is, a person engages in the spiritual life. Spiritual life, spiritual is a fancy word. A person engages in life. And in that engagement in life, one hears about <coughs> what is possible for the deep-rooted experiences of the psyche. Profound experiences, enlightening experiences, cessation experiences, awakening experiences. And one has heard frequently about all this. And the very hearing of this, and the very seemingly confirmation of this by others, past or present, makes those experiences and those revelations attractive to the mind. You can't help but be attracted to them. And the mind wishes to experience what one has heard has been experienced and therefore to have this experience. And thus to feel all the better for it, all the clearer for it, to have it something confirmed so that when one has it then one knows I wonder I wonder whether in life one needs to have anything. <coughs> I wonder whether having anything is a sustained blindness, is a block. that an enlightenment experience is a tragedy. <coughs> is to miss the whole point. And that the intimation of not having anything, anywhere, is its own revelation.
And that revelation immediately pays fullest respect to life. And that revelation is such that events can never shadow, overshadow it. The presence of feeling, mind, body, or absence of feelings, mind, body, make no difference. Since the essentialness of not having reveals all. child of not having. His expansiveness, affection, appreciation, open-heartedness, And all which we call beautiful. This not having is not something you arrive at. This is the reality. May all beings be in touch with life. May all beings see into life. May all beings live with awareness. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.